Hey, welcome to the Afikra podcast. My name is Mikey Mhenna. Today we have a conversation with Zaina Maastri. We talk about her book, Off the Wall, Political Posters of the Lebanese Civil War, and her new book that focuses on a period that she calls the Long 60s, which goes from 1958 to 1975. We talk about the visual image of Lebanon and how a bunch of printed material and posters helped contribute to conflicting images. It's a really fun conversation. I highly recommend to go to the YouTube page to check out the images because we flash a bunch of the images from the book. It's really, really fun. I learned a lot. I hope you do too. Welcome to another episode of uh, Africa Conversations. I've been looking forward to this one for quite some time. Zaina Maastri is a senior lecturer at the University of Brighton, the United Kingdom, before taking up her post at Brighton. She was both an independent graphic designer and an academic at the American University of Beirut from 99 to 2016 in Lebanon. She works across the fields of visual and cultural politics and design history with a particular attention on Lebanon and the Arab world. She's the author of Cosmopolitan Radicalism, The Visual Politics of Beirut's Global 60s, which came out um, from Cambridge University Press in 2020. Off the Wall, Political Posters of the Lebanese Civil War, which came out in 20, uh, 2009, and a curator of related traveling exhibitions and online archival resources, including the incredible signsofconflict.org, which we'll be talking about later. Zaina has also co-edited with many other people, including uh, Carl Basile, Akram Zatari, and Walid Rad. Mapping Sitting uh, on Portraiture and Photography. She's working on a new co-edited volume, Transnational Solidarity, Decentering the 60s, which is forthcoming with the Manchester University Press in 2022. Zaina, welcome to Africa Conversations. Thank you, Mikey. Thanks a lot for inviting me to be part of this. It's a wonderful series, and I'm really uh, honored and delighted to be part of it. Uh, it and thanks is... for everyone <laughs> for attending, yeah, is... joining us today. It's our honor uh, to have you on. So I was saying that I've been wanting to speak to you for some time because I live in Beirut. Uh, I grew up here and posters and political posters, uh, quite literally, obviously wallpaper the city, but also wallpaper our experience with this place. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, when did you realize that you wanted to understand these 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 posters and these pieces of paper that decorate and sort of uh, you know wallpaper the city that you called home. <laughs> well, actually, I, it's something that I, I've, as a graphic designer, as someone who was also teaching at AUB in graphic design, I was also interested in the relation, the role of design or graphic design and visual culture to politics and the community and. This is where I realized there's nothing written about that, about our own community. And what I've been reading was all about international politics and, and political posters, but we are surrounded with this material in the everyday, but nothing's been written on it or very little, or we know we know very little. So this is this is this began, this is how I began my, my research. Uh, specifically on the civil war posters in, in particular, it was something, it was a way to look back at the history of the, of the war, which is something that I've lived all my life, but yeah. stepping back and looking at it um, as a scholar, as a researcher is different. So I wonder, were you interested in doing this research? Uh, be, did the absence of scholarly research piss you off? Were you like, somebody has to take this seriously? Or were you like, 
how is nobody taking this seriously? I want to take this seriously. Uh, yeah, both, I guess. <laughs> it's, I think it's, uh, it's there's the, the absence of this material is, is I mean, there's a d- double problem. One within the field of art history, which Ma- Maya might have mentioned. I mean, it's the applied art, it's visual culture. It's now, and there's a new whole new area of visual culture studies now that sort of brings looks at this sort of material um, and, and shifts the perspectives of, and changes the discipline of art history. But particularly in terms of politics, <laughs> the visual is completely forgotten. That, and, and up until today, it's a, it's a fight for me in terms of trying to put on the agenda when we're talking about uh, history, um, political histories, that they the, the political history of our, of, of, how people imagined themselves, how they fought one another is also as important. That, that's that's yeah. the everyday discourses that are shaping people's imagination. That's usually absent from, you know, just when we talk about war history, it's the treaties uh, that are built or de- decided on by, by key political leaders. And it's it's actually really boring and disconnected from, yeah. from how people live wars or participate in them or think about their futures in, in such conditions or live in, 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 in moments of revolution, basically, as well. Yeah. So if you can just give us a sense of the structure of this, this project and how this, this book um, is also related to signs of conflict, just to give people, and I highly encourage people who are listening today and listening in the future on YouTube and on podcasts, please go to Signs of Conflict. It's so interesting. It's a really rich resource. But tell, tell us about the process and how these two projects are interrelated. So the, the Signs of Conflict, I mean, it started with Signs of Conflict that ended up in, um, in a book, an exhibition, and the, the website, which you have, which is also an online exhibition and an archive of political posters. So the first the, the beginning was to collect this material. I started with a collection that was already at the American University of Beirut uh, uh, of political posters from the Civil War. This is where I discovered uh, this material first and then realized that it's incomplete. It doesn't cover the whole war or the whole period, the whole period or nor all the all the factions that were involved. So that's where collecting and interviewing and finding out and digging this material was was a lot was part of a long process uh, that where, where I wasn't yet thinking whether that I would produce a book out of that um, and it it just developed and then I realized that in fact one can write a history of the war through its wartime through its posters so this is where um, visual culture for me, the, the polit- these political posters were giving me insight about the war, about different ideological um, positions, but how they changed during the war, how people imagined who was the enemy and how they imagined them, the group or the collective sort of community in relation to that uh, uh, enemy and how this changed, the, these images and iconographies and symbols changed throughout 15, 16 years of war, basically. So, uh, so there, there's, we can, uh, we can, and in fact, we did, I did write an alternative, a different history of the war through through that through that sense of popular culture through the through these uh, images and posters that were part of the ongoing str- the, the struggle uh, at the time. So. Did- 
I'm curious yeah. when you when you published off the wall when you were showing early manuscripts or when you uh, when you were showing you know new posters that you sort of unearthed to family friends who were maybe a little older than you um, did they remember them oh I remember that one that's that was super memorable that that was that went viral um, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that's a very good question because the time where I was beginning to dig into this material, I began this project in 2003. So it was also talking about the civil war was still difficult um, with the older generation. So some would remember, uh, but there was also a lot of curiosity. I was interviewing a lot of former partisans of the or former artists who worked on posters they were always interested in the posters from the other side let us see the mm -hmm. other side they don't know because because Beirut was divided so they wouldn't know so that was interesting but for me what was so exciting is that to see the younger generation who had the students I was teaching at the time in Beirut because I I, I actually taught a, an elective course called uh, signs of conflict which was based on this material before I even published so the first First thing was to begin to share with students, discuss this material, build these chronologies, and I think their feedback was so important to, to, to think, well, we need to do more about this, and the exhibition was, and then the website was one way to actually archive and put that into public memory and make it make it make it accessible yeah. they, so so up until today i think so many of the generations don't know that have not lived the war or were born late in the war don't know what has happened they only know what they've inherited from their own parents so yeah one way is to access this um, i mean it's, it's important to access this memory but to access it differently one of my Oh, God. Oh, God. No, 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 it's interesting because um, what I feel you're doing with the new project, Cosmopolitan Radicalism, is actually that process mm. where off the wall is this study of what happened 1975 onwards and taking a look at that visual language and the, that vocabulary and, the, and those ideologies. And then it's almost like you, you said, wait, 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 how did we start? How did we actually mm. get to 1975? Does that make sense? Am I right about absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yes, you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. So I maybe think... maybe we can start there. Maybe we can start about yes. why this project started. I think that what you said, how did we get here in terms of 1975, but how did we get here in terms of today is, yeah, is, exactly. is why, why I'm interested in history. Yeah. Uh, or how I became, I moved from being a graphic designer to become more of a historian. Uh, so yes, this is a, the, 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 the cosmopolitan radicalism actually developed from work that I've been doing on um, off the wall or on uh, signs of conflict, where I I was interested in in the in the I began to discover material then that did not fit into the off the wall uh, things that uh, like from books to pamphlets to material that did, were not strictly posters and were not yeah. strictly engaged in in the war and. A lot of material that was done by artists and designers who were not Lebanese, so Egyptian, Iraqi, Syrian, who were just passing through Lebanon. And, and I wanted to discover what brought them there. So someone yeah. like Helmi Touni, who lived in Beirut from 73 to, uh, to 83. Uh, why was he there? So and why was he involved? What was he involved with? So that began a curiosity in the earlier pre-war period 
which we know as a myth today as a, the golden age of Beirut. But if we yeah. dig a bit deeper, we realize it's actually a very anxious time. And it's a time where, I mean, of, of glamour, but it's a time of anxieties, of antagonism, of something boiling, of desires for change uh, that yeah. were very important, of revolutionary times, basically, that were connected globally. Um, so this is this is the prehistory, as you as you yeah. mentioned, to the to the war. Uh, so so yeah. you yeah, you're concerned. The book is concerned with what you call the long sixties, mm -hmm. and you bookend it between 1958 um, and 1975. For those on the call, why is 1958 an important moment in the making of Beirut and the making of the the country? Well, 58 was uh, first a revolt, uh, an armed revolt against the um, ruling regime at that time, which was uh, under the presidency of Kamil Shamoun. It was in, an important revolutionary moment in the Arab world as well, uh, in Iraq, uh, but also it was a moment uh, just that just followed after 1956 Suez War, the rise of Abdel Nasser, 58 was also the union between uh, Egypt and Syria. So Lebanon was just boiling. And there was a mo it was a moment of severe um, economic inequality uh, and tensions that, that sort of bursted into that uh, revolt in 58 that eventually got silenced uh, by a major um, intervention by the US uh, in, in terms of the um, uh, military intervention of the US, the landing, the famous landing of the US Marines in Beirut in 1958, in the summer of 1958. Yeah, those of you who can see the screen, this photo depicts, I love this photo, this photo depicts that moment, um, the US Marines coming up the street that I'm on right now. There's about 10, 15 mm. meters away from my, my current house. Okay, I'm gonna do four really rapid uh, questions. Um, and then we have two questions in the chat and I suspect we'll have some more. So what are you reading or watching right now? Uh, uh, I, uh, watching, um, don't, don't look up. <laughs> Just watch. Don't still, look up, yeah, on, yeah, on Netflix. Still, uh, and, and, and reading, yeah, it's just, it's just, you can pass on. I, I, it's oh, just not okay. in my own mind. We'll, we'll keep going. Yeah. Who would you love to shadow for a day, past or present? Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, the governor of uh, uh, Lebanon's um, uh, uh, central, central bank. bank? Yes. Riyad Salemi. <laughs> exactly. Yes, and put him in jail. <laughs> get all to uh, get to the uh, get access to all the all the yeah. all the data that we need, basically that people need to reclaim yeah. what's been uh, um, stolen from them in Lebanon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do people most misunderstand about your work? Uh, I think we covered that in the beginning. Is that yeah. that the visual is not. It doesn't have to do a visual culture history is not is not an art history or not a political history it's it's yeah. it's specifically not recognizing that that it's an important access to read politics cultural politics okay and then outside of your profession whose work do you admire or are inspired by um, outside of my direct profession, as an, yeah. I mean, as I, I, at the moment, I'm thinking just in terms of academics, um, and sure. I, I'm, I'm very, 
uh, inspired by academics who are able to be both academics and public intellectuals and activists at the same time. And I, I think, yeah, that's an ideal. Uh, okay. That's always admirable and, and, and for me, um, very inspiring. All right, we have two questions in the chat so far. The first one comes from Rania. Rania, if you want to unmute yourself and if you'd like to put on your camera, you're more than welcome to. Hello, Rania. Hi. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, go for it. Uh, thank you so much. Super interesting. Um, so I just was wondering, in terms of the graphics, how reflective are they from your understanding of the actual society on the ground at that time, like from the different three different nodes? Uh, and how much of it is more a reflection or like uh, a mirroring of people of external expectations uh, or wants of of, uh, of Lebanon? Um, it, it, it's it's both. Uh, it, it's not. It's. A, I mean, we need to think of. I try to think of these images or these visual culture as both an expression of a society at a certain within a certain context and historical conditions. Uh, but also in itself, um, <clears throat> an agent in the in in bringing particular particular changes or pre presenting possible avenues or promises or aspirations that one one wants to, or desires for something that could change. So I think it's something it's 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 a both a player and and a, and a, an expression of of the time. Great, but do you Great think question. one is more dominant than another? I, I I wouldn't generalize. I think it would it would be particular to the social history of a very particular images, and we can see then which what what's more dominant. But I, I think generally this they, that's how I historically uh, investigate uh, images. Nasser, Miriam. you're up next. Hi. Hi, Nasser. Hi, Nasser. Hi. Um, um, sorry, I'm not going to put on my camera. I haven't done my makeup yet today. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, 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 thank you very much, Zina. This was very rich. Um, and my question is actually uh, very ill-formed the way I wrote it. But um, excluding the current moment, which I know nothing about, and that image that was on the screen is very much representative of the meltdown of the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Looking at the recovery after the civil war, it seemed to me that there was a, an overlap, if you want, between the images that you so aptly analyzed in terms of presenting Lebanon as a cosmopolitan center in a backward uh, region that people can come to and enjoy it as the Paris of the East and that Hanoi of the Arabs and I felt, at least looking at the architecture, but this is why I would like to hear your opinion about the rest of the visual world, that the attempt of the Hariri mentality and the Hariri period was to actually bring the two together in an attempt at creating a new image of Beirut that can no longer be that Europeanized cosmopolitan center of the 1920s, 30s, 40s under the French mandate, mm. But at the same time, there is no desire to make it the revolutionary center for all the refugees from the revolutionary regimes in the Arab world, Iraq, Syria, Egypt, and so on. I mean, Helmi Touni is pr mm. practically a political refugee in Beirut at the time. Um, he was also a communist. Um, and and the, the, so my question is that, do you see 
such overlap in the graphic language of the 90s and the early 2000s between these two ultimately ideological images of a European Beirut and an Arab Beirut? Well, I, I think it's, it's um, it, it, what, what I think is, is uh, the Haridi project was trying to do was to reclaim that idea of the, 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 the golden age the myth of a golden age of Beirut, the Paris of the East, but to reframe it within within an ab and neoliberal actually uh, context. So it's and not at all <clears throat> not a, not the liberal framework in which it was uh, developing in the early sixties, and not not the revolutionary one in the later in the late sixties, but in in a new sort of commercialized. Um, you know, sold myth, um, and that's that's mainly the work that happens in in Solidaire, basically. And I think you know more than I do about the architecture of that type of that that place and and the way that it sort of became a, a, a tourist hub that specifically catered for the Gulf and that sort of banking um, uh, the idea of of Beirut becoming also the space where where the monies of the Gulf reaches could 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 actually come in, and I think that that's that's the central that's the central uh, project. But I I think it's also that the Arab world transformed at that time. So by in, by when we're talking about the 1990s, so the regimes around surrounding regimes were no longer those which were in 1958 or early 60s and and they're they're they have failed also to deliver their post-colonial sort of you know promises of restitution of dignity of of you know some sort of forms of rebuilding uh, a new social order so i i think there is this is a this is, there is a moment where by the 90s that that project has the that post-colonial project has failed within the region so i think that so it, it just remains builds on this a pastiche of the past and that's very much the postmodern architecture that was also going on at that time it's a pastiche of of previous nostalgia either for a, a, you know a regional a framework an arab identity but also for for a, a pastiche of of a golden age uh, that i think so there combines both if i'm if i'm yeah. i don't know thanks Nasser. uh <laughs> thank you we have one real Lily, hopefully we can get in your question really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Super excited. This is phenomenal. I've missed you so much. Me too. Zena has been for me, everyone. So I just want to put credit is due. I have one question, and I'm really, really keen as someone who works in development right now. And I'm really keen on the idea of imagination. I feel crisis makes space, destruction makes space for imagination, for creation. Mm -hmm feel right now i know you don't do contemporary but what about the megaphone the 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 stuff that's happening locally the visual culture there what's the imagination happening there and the trends that are basically influencing the current imagination that will be essential for us to transform or rise or fall whatever <laughs> i missed you too Lilian. <laughs> uh a megaphone is amazing <laughs> I, and i i don't work on the contemporary just because i want to be able to participate somehow maybe i'm i'm not i'm not a social scientist i've never been able to perhaps just disconnect and look at contemporary society very you know without 
just being very passionately involved. <laughs> so uh, I do my reflections, but it's not been. And I, I think there's a new generation of people doing amazing work and they can do that research and build. I, I do the historical and they, they, we can work together and collaborate. Uh, yeah, so it's your work, Lilian. <laughs> uh but i i think there's you're right about the imagination and about these are revolutionary times just like they were in late 60s as well and it pushes people to work together collectively do things differently and and actually work with very little means uh, at their disposal because it's about their livelihood it's it's something that yeah it's it's not just survival it's just about wanting to do something and and being active and being it's mobile it mobilizes um so the imagination is is about hope right it's about possibly imagining something different it's about being and, and i think creative creative practices from 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 art visual arts to music to 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 dance to to just all of these are all these forms of aesthetic practices are activated particularly in these moments um because one one needs hope <laughs> jena thanks so much uh i really really appreciate you taking the time for sharing your work with us uh this was hugely enriching so thanks so much thank you so much mikey that was really that's that's really great and i hope we can meet in person sometime <laughs> all of you <laughs> yeah all of those who are there <laughs> thank you yeah inshallah everyone enjoy your day or night wherever you are uh, this will come out on the podcast in a few days and up on youtube as well so once it comes out if you enjoyed it share it with your friends and uh also go go to signs of conflict uh the website's up on the screen hey i hope you enjoyed that episode if you'd like to watch the full uncut version go to youtube.com there you can see the full video versions of these podcasts if you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to hafikita.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikra.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks.